down my throat while I'm dicking him down. I okay. hope my mother's listening. Your ass became a rosebud? Yeah, that's because I got dicked down real good. So. <laughs> he asks questions of his celebrity guests that are highly inappropriate and rude. Which of you has a bigger penis? Oh, that's a good one. That's a fun, good one. Going down on the clitoris? Oh, yes. Oh, I Absolutely. like where you're going with yep. this. For some reason, the word strap-on just comes right out of my mouth, Bianca. Yeah, you said come and strap-on at the same time. And he cannot stop talking about his buttocks. I think your butt is telling you, no mas, por favor. <laughs> this is the Adam Sank Show. If it's in my hand, I'm going to suck it. Powered by DNR Studios. <laughs> and now... The one, the only, Adam Sank! Bottom. Hi, it's me, it's Adam Sank. Welcome to the Adam Sank Show, hashtag ass. Today is Saturday, December 1st, 2018, and we are live once again. It is our first live show of December. Happy December, happy holidays. Give us a call at 844-825-5367. We'd love to hear what's on your mind. Leave your ratings and reviews of the ass on iTunes or wherever else you listen. Email me at adam at adamsank.com. You know I love those dick pics. And like our Facebook page. People, do me a favor. If you're a fan of this podcast, can you share it with the people in your life? I need you to be my viral marketing. Some of you are viral, and I need you to be viral marketers. Let people know how great the show is. Post about it on social media. I will be forever in your debt. I may even blow you. Our guest today, uh, we have actually, we have an amazing guest, which is uh, Shakina Nafak. She may just be Shakina at this point. I think she's risen to the level of, uh, of mononym celebrity. Shakina, Shakina. Exactly, Chris Harder. Um, and uh, she, you, you know Shakina because she played uh, Lola on Difficult People and uh, a, a number of other things. She's just an incredibly talented actress and activist. We're also going to be talking to this guy, Cross Coburn who is a 19-year-old city councilman from a little town in Texas, and he was recently ousted from his position uh, because of something he did online. And we'll be talking about that more in just a moment. But first, I want to officially introduce our guest co-host today, an ass favorite in every respect. Please give it up for the one and the only Chris Harder. Hi, everyone. Happy holidays. Happy holidays, Chris Harder. How are are you? I'm feeling festive. I'm feeling caffeinated. Yeah. I'm up. I'm um, yeah. I just uh, I just had some vegetable soup last night, so I feel very uh, very cleansed. Everything just That's so exciting. Everything just fell out of me this morning. Oh, delicious! I know. I offered um, I offered Chris some uh, bagels. I went and got bagels for me and JB, and uh, I offered <sighs> Chris, and he said no. He um, he. What are you? You're gluten. Well, I'm I, I'm gluten intolerant, which uh. The, there's not even a funny way to say it. I'm just lame. It it sucks to not. Yeah, JB and I think that's bullshit. Yeah, I know you do, but look, I we don't am... believe it. You white girl. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, look, I just have a sensitive tummy. Okay. Yeah. Shade. <laughs> well, uh, I went to this place, Liberty Bagels, which has the best bagels Did in New York City. Uh, they might actually. I did not look. I should have. I should have <laughs> looked for you. I'd given up at that point. But I got myself a pumpernickel bagel, and I was mm. so good. I got tofu. Uh, cinnamon raisin walnut cream cheese so I wouldn't break my veganism, you know? Right. I get here, and the cream cheese is completely off-center. 
You know when they like put all the cream cheese on one side and then they mash the bagels together and oh, so right. the other side is completely just a bare, just no dry barren piece of pumpernickel. It's like they they their aim sucked. It's like when someone tries to come on their on your back and then it hits your sheets instead. Oh, right. It is the worst. Anyway, um, Chris, uh, this was a, a, a historic week for me because on Wednesday and Thursday, I did my very last stand-up comedy shows, and you were there. Which I will say I loved, and it's not even because I'm sitting across from you right now. Give us your review, Chris. I am. I think you are really funny, and you know, I feel like every performer has to come to that point where they decide what their next step is going to be, but if you told me that you, you had a change of heart and you were taken your ass on the road for other comedy clubs, I'd be right behind it. Well, thank you. I, I want you behind my ass. I know. I've it's, always wanted it that. It seems like a great place. <laughs> um, actually, we have some sound from um, at the end of my, uh, my last performance. This is what it sounded like. Oh. No, it didn't. They were very nice. There was, so I, I had lots of um, warm applause. And the album, Adam Sank's Last Comedy Show, will be out in early 2019. So look for that. I'll be hawking it like every five minutes on this mm-hmm. show. Um, Chris, I also went to see your last show. That's right, you did. Not your last show, but your last Porn to be a Star show. Yeah. I loved it. Oh, thank you. It was delightful. And it was a great combination of um, like story and comedy, but also really good burlesque dancing. I have to say, I'm not a huge fan of burlesque, yeah. but you really know how to do it. Well, thank you. I'm not even a huge fan of burlesque, you know? A lot of times I'm, I'm just like, eh, <laughs> just show me your dick, you know? Right. But you managed to make it so sexy without being vulgar. It's not, you're not like actually showing your dick, although I'm going to see it, but, but you're making us all think about your dick. Yeah, well, you know, it's... um. I feel like, especially for me, and I think maybe you might feel this way too, like we're gay men performing for other gay men, but we're not like dick dancing. We're trying to combine humor and sex. And sometimes that really flies with queer audiences and sometimes it doesn't. But, um, yeah. you know, anyway, well, thank you. Thank you for No, attending. I'm glad I got to see it. And I'm glad you, I'm glad I showed you mine and I'm glad you showed me yeah. yours. Chris, are you on Grinder these days? I saw this question on the line of, I, you know what? I am. I am on Grinder. Even though you have a fella, even though I have a fella, we have we have rules, we have specifics, but mm. um, you know, it really, it's for when we travel. You know, it's yes. like it's like a travel app. Like, sure, I'm like, where do I want to eat tonight, Siri? Th- and I'm there like, you oh, go, well, exactly. Well, the president of Grinder, and who knew there even was a president of Grinder? Um, he's facing a huge backlash after he appeared to suggest that marriage should be between a man and a woman. His name is Scott Chen. He's only been the president of the app since August. And he posted on Facebook that he would boycott a Chinese tech company after reports that it had backed some U.S. groups opposed to same-sex marriage. It's such a weird story that a Chinese tech company is backing U.S. groups opposed to same-sex marriage. And and he would boycott them? uh, Yes. Oh, I see. So, so he thought he was yeah. doing the right thing, right? He thought right. he was like making his gay um, grinder users happy. But this is what he wrote: "Quote: Some people think marriage is a holy matrimony between a man and a woman, and I think so too. But that's your own business." Oh. So people were like, "Excuse me, bitch! Uh, you you right. shouldn't be the president of Grinder if you believe that marriage is holy matrimony between a man and a woman." 
Um, this isn't the first time that Grindr and Manhunt and these other sex apps have been accused um, of being run by right-wing conservative people, some of whom give money to Republican politicians like Donald Trump. Mm. So um, he's defending himself and says, I'm a huge advocate for LGBTQ rights. Ever since I was young, I support gay marriage, and I'm proud I can work for Grindr. The reason I said marriage is a holy matrimony between a man and a woman is based on my own personal experience. I am a straight man married to a woman I love, and I have two beautiful daughters I love from the marriage. But then... But there's still no, like, oh, of course then. Then please, by all means, right. go on defending because you Because you're married to a woman, then that means that's what marriage is? Like, right. well, how, about, how about, you know what he could have said? Nothing. Mm -hmm. He could have said nothing, and he would have been fine. He's probably going to be ousted now, and I say bravo to that. I do think it's interesting that they have straight, I mean, again, there's got to be some gay CEO somewhere that needs a job, right? Totally. Like, hook them up with Grindr. There's millions of gay people who work in tech. All right, well, speaking of Grindr, I've been following this very strange story out of Texas. A 19-year-old man, openly gay, city councilman named Cross Coburn, was ousted from office in a recall election last month after nude photos that he had sent another guy on Grindr were printed out and sent anonymously to City Hall. Coburn was asked to resign when the photos first surfaced back in March, but he refused since this was a private conversation between two adults and he hadn't broken any laws or engaged in any kind of misconduct. So voters in the town recalled him this past election day and he's now formally challenging the outcome of the election filing a complaint in the District Court of Jefferson County. Joining us now on the phone to shed more light on this is the councilman himself, Cross Coburn, from Groves, Texas. Cross, are you there? Yes, sir. Hello. Thank you all for having me. Thank you so much for being here, Cross. I'm sure that you get a lot of these requests ever since your story made the New York Times. Yes, it's a... Uh an interesting story for sure. It one that I'm sure they're going to be talking about. Absolutely. Cross, what made you want to run for city council at the age of 19? Well, um, I actually put my name in the ballot whenever I was 18, about to turn 19. But really what um, got me motivated was uh, the fact that, you know, really I've always wanted to go into politics. And I thought, you know, being so young and, you know, living where I live, the the, uh, you know, best place to start would be to, you know, run for my local city council. And I decided to do just that. I thought that, you know, after a devastating uh, hurricane by Hurricane Harvey, that I could do some good and maybe help out uh, the citizens of growth. So you didn't have any that kind were of... Increasing. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. You know, they were just reaching out to me more and more about... Uh, problems with drainage and streets so you know i thought i could help them so you didn't have any kind of gay agenda you you just wanted to be of public service yes we weren't trying to make any waves we were trying to you know have a sense of duty and help the people of the city tell us about groves texas what's it like growing up there it's an extremely conservative religious city um in the south obviously but um it's also extremely humble and peaceful. And, you know, it's, for a lot of people, it is a very quiet place where you can raise a family very, you know, nicely. And for me, it's been my home for practically all my life. And, you know, up until very recently, it's been my happy home. Sure. Um, you know, there's not much to do down here, but it's uh, fun to see familiar faces, I guess. 
So like millions of gay men around the world, you had a Grindr account. What do you think happened? Do you think you were even talking to a real person or do you think this entire situation was a setup? You know, um, whenever it first happened, I thought, uh, you know, obviously, you know, private conversation between me and another person. Now, uh, looking back on it, I cannot remember who I had this conversation with. But, um, you know, over the course of all of this, I have, you know, figured that I was catfished um, by a person who had, you know, malicious intent intent against me. Um, I I do believe that it was someone that I knew, uh, but obviously it was some, uh, it was not who I believed I was talking to. And whenever the screenshots came out, uh, whoever did this um, expertly edited out the fact, you know, their profile picture, any of um, their names, so I wouldn't be able to tell. So do you think that a gay man was uh, was complicit in setting you up? Um, he, uh, There may very well be a gay man out, out to get me. Um you know, it really pains me to say that, given uh, what type of time we live in. But, you know, it, it goes to show you that we have to constantly be uh, constantly be vigilant. It, I, you know, it could it could be another we have I have course, but um, that is a very real possibility that um, it was another gay man out out to get me. It's so fucked up, you know. I mean, you would think that at the very least, somebody who shares our experience would not do something. Just so, it's such an invasion of your privacy, too. Were when the pictures? I'm not going to ask you to describe them, but what is your was your face in these pictures? Was it obvious that it was you? A few of them, you know. Actually, the way that the media portrayed it, um, there were a few photos that you know your boy was just. You know, feeling himself, I was trying to look a little bit skinny. So, you know, that was a shirtless photo or two. But, um, you know, there were obviously, um, you know, other more risque photos. But um, I know that the media portrayed the shirtless photos as if I portrayed a, you know, a full-body nude, and that just wasn't the case. So you didn't even show anything X-rated? No. I mean, um, not in the pictures with my face. Now, there were a few, you know, dick pics. But, you know, that was... I'm just random. So they wanted you to resign. You refused. They have this recall election. Um, tell us why you're challenging the result of the of the recall. Well, uh, whenever it was first filed, you know, we didn't believe that, you know, it had any basis to be filed, obviously. But after the petition was finished and it was certified by the city clerk uh, wrongly, um, you know, we found innumerable signatures that were inaccurate, that looked forged, the same kind of handwriting, you know, perjury on the highest level in this thing. And so we we felt that it was completely invalid, that it was essentially election fraud by, you know, the mayor's wife and a, num- a number of other city council members. Mm. And they just want you so, out because you're gay. Is that what's going on? I mean, that is the uh, that is what we've concluded after, you know, everything that has happened. I've had people, uh, you know, on Facebook and in person, on uh, Twitter and all that, uh, call me, you know, a perv, a pervert, a pedophile, a rapist, a child molester, uh, a faggot, a queer. I remember at one city council meeting after the petition was filed against me, one man in the hallway of the city council chambers 
said, well, good, now we can get that faggot out of office. Oh. So, yes, I, I do believe that it is because of my sexuality. How are you holding up? Because, I mean, this would be hard for anyone in your situation to deal with. And you're 19 years old. I, I, I wouldn't be able to handle the pressure. How, how, how are you? I actually, uh, I actually, you know, I turned 20 on the 20th. Oh, happy birthday. <laughs> but, um, well, thank you. But, um, well, I'll answer it with, you know, being on this show, be, uh, talking to all the different people that reach out to me, that's what really keeps me going. The fact that, you know, I'm not the only one that goes through the bull. We have, we all have our own story. I mean, my God, every gay man that I talk to has that that sets them apart from everybody else. If you know, if and, that makes yeah, sense. and women too. Like we've all had our own experience. You know, we've all been there. So it's just, you know, me. This is just my story, and this, you know, I'm. I'm holding up, you know, to answer the question, actually. Um, it has not always been easy, but this has given me the sense of duty that, um, you know, I've been longing for, I guess, and um, it, it has shown me that together, you know, together we can stand alone, we are destined to fall. And, you know, if we all stand together, there is literally nothing that uh that can stop us do you do you feel like the queer community is standing behind you right now or or do you feel like the like the larger community is behind you and it's really just this small insular group of people who are trying to get you out of office or what's what's the climate like in your town you know in my town obviously the um there are not many of us um but there are a few, you know, the few of us that are down here, we don't exactly get along all the time from what I've seen throughout my years. But um, this situation, you know, has given me the chance to talk to so many people from around this country. Um, you know, I don't know if the wider community knows about it yet, but I do believe that, you know, this is, this is a fight for all of us. This isn't just about me anymore. We have uncovered... So much, you know, um, so much hidden bigotry and intolerance that, you know, there is there is no reason why we cannot all come together for a common good of, you know, mutually assured security and acceptance. Well, Cross, we stand with you and we're behind you. And uh, and I hope that you stay strong and keep fighting. What what is the before we let you go? What is the status of your lawsuit at this moment? Well, right now, um, we, um, we filed an election challenge, and we served the mayor and the city clerk. So pretty much um, we're in a holding pattern right now, but in the next couple of days, we hopefully will be getting a court date. Um, I think that the attorney general um, has been getting involved as well. So uh, the ball is moving. Um, the fight is continuing, and we will see this to the end for all of our sakes. Well, I think you're a real hero, and uh, and keep fighting the good fight, and and come back and let us know what happens when it's all resolved. Okay. Best of luck to you. Good luck, Cross. Thank you. Of course, y'all have a great dinner. What a sweet guy. Yeah, that's so. Ugh. I love that the story made the New York Times. I got to tell you, that's the power of of the real news. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. No kidding. Is that you? You have this this fight going on in a tiny little town, but it's not just about cross and this town it's a it's a larger issue which is that we will not we will no longer accept it when you try to shame us right out of public service or public life
You know, it's like, yeah, I was online trading dick pics. A million, millions and millions of people straight and gay do that every day. Right, right. There's no crime. He's single. There's no legality issue. They were both adults. Mm-hmm. It's like, Jesus Christ, you can't yeah. do this to us anymore. Um, before we move on, I just want to give a quick shout out to someone who I, I think is listening. Um, one of my oldest friends in the world. I've known her since I was four years old, Chris. Her name is Dory Tinker. And our families were very close growing up. Her amazing parents were close with my parents. Her father actually married my sister and her husband. He was the officiant. Oh, okay. Um, Even though we're Jewish and her husband's Catholic and they're UCC. Don't even get me started. But he was such a close friend of the family that he performed the service. And Dory's an amazing woman. And she's just going through some shit right now. Mm -hmm. And I just want to tell her I love her and I wish her all the best. And uh, and stay strong. And you know, if you if you're bored, Dory, and you need something to do, there's 73 episodes of the Adam Sank Show <laughs> that you can listen to going back the last year and a half. Some of them will keep you entertained. <laughs> Moving on, and I have another grinder story for you guys. Oh boy! Um, now this one, this is one of these stories that I think may be completely made up because there's absolutely no proof. But uh, according to Queer T, uh, a pilot. On a commercial flight, used grinder to hit on a passenger mid-flight. Was it Austin Wolf? It was not Austin Wolf. Um, it was 27-year-old J.P. Thorne, who says he was recently. F- <laughs> Ooh, that plane is loud. <laughs> he was recently flying Delta from St. Paul, Minnesota, to Chicago. Moments after the plane landed, he turned on his cell phone to find that he had a new notification on Grinder. It said, I see you're on my flight. Enjoy the ride to Chicago. The app said the man was 90 feet away. Ooh. Well, wait a minute. So that's not necessarily the pilot, though, right? Well, Thorne claims he went into panic mode, like any gay man would go into panic mode. Right. My reaction was, I knew I needed to get off this plane as fast as I can. So I could go jerk off in the bathroom. <laughs> Thank you. Thorne told the New York Post, I've had some weird experiences with proximity. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, JB. I've had some weird experiences with proximity stuff on Grindr. That's when Thorne noticed that the message was sent 30 minutes earlier during the middle of the 90-minute trip, and the man's profile pic was a photo of the sky taken from the plane's cockpit. Whoa. Gives new meaning to the word cockpit. Mm-hmm. Quote, my deductive reasoning led me to believe that he was the pilot. I messaged him back and told me he was, and he told me that he was one of the pilots. He asked about our flight, how it went. Um, the conversation was really standard. I said there was no turbulence, and then he made a joke about turbulence. Ooh. We don't know what the joke was. Is he cl- this is uh, was he clutching his pearls? Exactly. This was after his panic mode passed. Right. Thorne says he would have met up with the handsome aviator, whom he describes as quote a nice guy, but he had to catch a connecting flight to Nashville. Ugh. He claims he has since deleted the app and lost touch with him. Of course right. he has. I meet up with people all the time from Grinder. He says I think I totally would have met him for coffee for for some turbulence. What I mean, if you if you feel awkward with close proximity to strangers, don't be on Grinder, right? Thank you. Which is about close proximity amongst strangers. And if I were on a plane and I had gotten a a sexy a sex from someone ninety feet away, I'd be thrilled. Yeah, I'd be like, let's do this. Let's Austin Wolf uh, this shit. Let's Austin Wolf this fucking Delta flight, yo. (laughs) By the way, you saw there was another adult performer. Who jerked off uh, on on video from his seat? Oh, he didn't even go to the bathroom. Wow, he was just in his seat jerking it, and he he has an enormous uncut dick. 
Uh, you can probably Google it. I can't remember his They're name. They're really trying to up these My Fan Only accounts, uh, aren't they? You gotta be competitive. Do you have one of those? I don't. Because I, I just <laughs> I just heard you were nominated for some kind of porn award. I was. D- didn't you say that him and um? Yeah, you are. Like, okay, are you and Matthew Camp on the same category? I totally. You said the name. I, I think it's a World of Wonder Award, a Wow yeah. Award. And really? You, yes. And I think it's like adult co- for adult content. For adult content. Wow. Or maybe yeah. just adult social media, like because Chris, you know, posts a lot of pictures in his thong and and so forth. Maybe right. that qualifies you. Yeah. That's so fascinating. Austin I, um, Wolf is also nominated. Oh well. <laughs> we'll all share that <laughs> that line together. Google Wowies and see if you can find it, the so wowies. that we can tell people to vote for you. Wait, a minute, yeah. is World of Wonder? That's that's the RuPaul's Drag Race company. Oh, God, no one told you? No one told. I didn't get an email <laughs> notification. Those shady bitches. It's just an honor to be nominated. It is an honor to be nominated. Well, <clears throat> on a much more somber note, today, Saturday, December first, is World AIDS Day. Uh, It's an opportunity for people worldwide to unite in the fight against HIV and show their support for people who live with HIV, uh, as well as to commemorate all those that we've lost. Um, This is the first ever global or World's A Day. World's A. Let me try again. World AIDS Day was the first ever global health day, and it was held for the first time in 1988. So this is the 30th anniversary. Um, An estimated 34 million people have the virus, including yours truly. Mm-hmm. Um, more than 35 million people have died from HIV AIDS, making it one of the most destructive pandemics in history. Unfortunately, we're living at a time after years and years of progress where we now have an American administration that's trying to set everything back. Mike Pence spoke at the White House on Thursday to mark World AIDS Day. Oh, God. Despite his long-documented history of anti-gay views, as well as the administration's ongoing failure to demonstrate any interest in HIV-AIDS relief for queer and trans people, um, Pence is not only the most anti-gay person to ever occupy the White House, but when he was governor, he actually worked against Mm -hmm. HIV funding for the state of Indiana. Uh, In 2000, he suggested defunding the Ryan White Care Act, which provides federal funding for HIV AIDS patients. And he suggested that instead the money go to conversion therapy programs. That is so, I mean, it's, they've got to know that's like a joke, right? To have Mike Pence speak about World AIDS Day. It's just, it's an intentional slap in our faces. They don't give a shit. He, he is, he actively hates queer people. It's like having, right. It's like having Melania Trump, you know, like volunteer at a Salvation Army or something. At a Christmas tree farm. Did you right. see her blood red Christmas trees? No. Oh my God, you have to look that up. So every year she she creates this you know scary motif for the holidays, and this year there's like a hallway of blood red trees. Wow. Solid red. It looks very every- Lady Macbeth. Yes, people <laughs> people compared it to The Shining. God, <laughs> with the red blood coming down the hallway. That's what it looks like. Hashtag, um, I really don't care. But spe- <laughs> Exactly. I don't really care about your red Christmas trees, do you? But speaking of uh, World AIDS Day, um, this was news that actually I was very interested in hearing. Do you remember the real, wor- the real world New Orleans back oh, yes. in 2000? Mm-hmm. How old were you in 2000, Chris? I shudder to ask. In 2000, I was 14. Still not legal, you Adam Sank. piece Sank. of shit. <laughs> I was 29. Hot. <laughs> yeah. No, maybe I was third. I think I was 29. Anyway, I remember Danny Roberts from the real world New Orleans. He came out as gay on the mm-hmm. show. It was 
really still an, er, oh, yeah. an early time for people to be coming out publicly. He was young. He was handsome. He had a military boyfriend, and it had to be secret because of don't ask, hot. don't tell. He just came out as HIV positive. He's 41. He recently moved to New York City where he works as a digital design recruiter. And he's a father to a two-and-a-half-year-old girl. Oh, wow. He came out as Paz to Entertainment Weekly and said, the reason I want to share this story is that I spent so long battling and beating myself up for my own misconceptions and bigotry. It's difficult to admit the negative feelings you had about a set of people and a state of being based on made-up stories. Roberts found out he was HIV positive in 2011. Mm. I um, tried to get him on the show today to talk about this and also because I'm in love with him. Right. And I've been in love with him since 2000. And I think we would, I don't know if he's got a partner. I don't know if the two and a half year old child needs another daddy, but right. I'm, I'm here for you, Danny Roberts. We're all here for Danny Roberts. We're almost I, the I same only age. came on the radio today for Danny <laughs> Roberts. I thought you lied to me. You said he was going to be in here. We're almost the same age, except that I'm six years older and we're, <laughs> we're both paws. And I really think I could make you happy. So let's do it. Danny Roberts, if you're out there, call me. We're watching. <laughs> JB and I just both hit the ejaculation sound effect at the same time. That ejaculation is coming at you full force, I got to say. That's I know. Like a... It's a double. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> it's a double. God, go get that check. A double wad. So before we talk to our fabulous guest, I just want to do uh, two more quick stories. And they're both about uh, major celebrities claiming that they're not gay <laughs> when it's so popular to come out as at least bisexual you know right now. nowadays you have to make headlines by saying you're straight and uh the first one is sean mendez a 20 year old pop star um i had to look this up and chris you weren't really that familiar with him I either wasn't. but he does sing that song um stitches sing it chris when it sounds like i'm singing everything with my mouth half closed <laughs> And then he goes up the octave. It's called Stitches. It's, I think it's a duet with some woman. But anyway. No, no, no. That, the duet with woman is uh, I Know What You Did Last Summer with Camila Cabello. I Look love at that JB. One. We know with the bagel in the mouth and everything. He, I love Camila. Don't judge me. JB is our millennial correspondent. Anyway, Sean Mendes, <laughs> Shawn Mendes did a Rolling Stone cover story in which he wanted to dispel the rumors about his sexuality. He said, quote, In the back of my heart, <laughs> I feel like I need to be seen with someone like a girl in public to prove to people that I'm not gay. Even though in my heart I know that it's not a bad thing, there's still a piece of me that thinks that, and I hate that side of me. Uh, Mendez was linked to model Haley Baldwin. Um, the pair, uh, Baldwin has since married Justin Bieber. Oh. Uh, anyway, I don't, I think this is all a lot of nonsense. Um, I think, it, well, and then he says, maybe I am a little more feminine, but that's the way it is. That's why I'm me. Um, a little feminine. He said, he said he grew Grr. up with 15 female cousins. Listen, he is what he says he is, right? Uh, well, and exactly. More parts to you. I just think the whole thing is, is unnecessary. And then another celebrity who says he's not gay is Taryn Egerton, who plays Elton John in the new Rocketman biopic. Um, about the pop star. Um, he confused everybody because he posted this Instagram in which he said, cutie, my boy. When it's someone so asked for the guy's name, I don't even understand what this is a picture of. What am I looking at, Chris? Um, a guy 
shuffling cards. Oh, right. So he posted a picture of another dude and wrote, cutie, my boy. So someone asked for the guy's name in the comments of the Instagram, and Egerton responded, nah, he's mine and mine only. So That's people, his best friend he's talking about, supposedly. Exactly. So social media was flooded, play the ejaculation, flooded with posts celebrating the actor's step out of the closet. Oh. But Egerton has now reversed course <laughs> and says, one of the lads was at my London flat, and I Instagrammed a picture of him and said, look at this cutie, and a million outlets reported that I was gay. I'm not gay, but two of my mates came out when I was 15, and it was a joy to support them because, as a group, we're all secure in who we are. Egerton will star as Sir Elton John in the upcoming biopic, Rocket Man, which follows Elton John's rise to stardom in the 60s and 70s. It arrives in theaters. If you guys don't know Taron Egerton, he's the guy that played in Kingsman. He's, uh, a, he's the main actor from Kingsman. JP is really a voracious consumer of pop culture. Yeah. And of hot men. Thank you. That's what it is. But do you remember when Aaron Carter came out as bisexual and for like a hot second I was like, oh, he might have a career. But we talked hot second. You know, we we talked about her for like months. We talked about Aaron Carter every week for like six months on this show. And I don't, I can't tell you why because I don't know him. He's I done don't, nothing since coming out as bisexual. And he now follows me on Twitter. That's how much we talked oh, about wow. him. It was like the daily Aaron Carter update. Like, he's a drug addict. He's not a drug addict. He's bi. He's not. He's straight. He's gay. He's dying. He's healthy. Have you asked him to come out the show? blonde. You know what? I kind of want to ask him, and then I'm like, but really, all we do is make fun of him, and just I don't like to humiliate people, you know? I mean, I like to humiliate them when they're not sitting across from me, but not in person. Fair enough. Speaking of sitting across from me, our guest today is an actress, a director, a writer, a producer, and an activist. She appeared on Broadway, on Netflix and Marvel's Jessica Jones, and on Hulu's Difficult People, where she played the foul-tempered waitress, Lola. Is there some sort of sex party the trans waitress wasn't invited to? <laughs> Take two. Why are there 12 cases of olive oil in the kitchen? If Alec Baldwin is coming in here, I refuse to serve his problematic ass. Bring it home. Why are there 12 cases of olive oil in the kitchen? If CeeLo Green is coming in here, I have not forgotten his tweets about rape. Please give a warm ass welcome to Shakina. Hey. Yay. Yay. Shakina, the studio audience is going crazy. Always. Thank you so much for coming in. I'm so happy that it worked out that I could be here in person. Me too. You were supposed to be a phoner at first, and then mm-hmm. I thought, this bitch lives in New York. Well, and I was only here for like the week, and it was I wasn't ex- when we made the date to be for me to be on the show. I wasn't planning on being in the city, and then perfection. Yeah, so it all worked out. She came to ask me. She goes, "Well, where's the studio?" <laughs> And I was like, oh, it's, uh, it's right in Midtown. And she's like, okay, if you had said Brooklyn, I would have been like, bye. <laughs> this pussy does not go to Brooklyn. Right. I feel the same. Yeah. I'm a Manhattan boy. I got to like pack a sack lunch. I'm just not into it. Exactly. Yeah. Am I just supposed to call you Shakina? Are we, are we into the one name? I think it's happening. I think as, a, as like a writer producer, I'm going to keep NAFAC. But then as an actress, I'm just Shakina. I yeah, I think it. my next project, I have to like work it out with the union because I already like registered oh. and have that IMDb and shit. But I just have to figure out how to do it. Oh, I, di- I didn't even think about that, how you have to actually change it for, uh, for right. credits, credits and, and so forth. And, and I mean, but there stuff. are no other Shekinas, right? Um, there's like, um, so every once in a while, I'll meet someone who's like, oh, I know a Shekina. She's like a witch in the mountains. <laughs> oh, yeah. <that laughs> or she like, sings right? at my church. One of the two. They're either like, they're either like sing- church singers or like witches in the mountains. Shade. Or they're like <laughs> vegan bagel makers. <laughs> vegan bagel makers. Don't yeah. knock my vegan bagel. I'm eating a bagel with vegan cream cheese right now, which so great. was not spread properly. Um, how did the name Shakina come to you? 
Uh, Shekinah comes from the Hebrew word Shekinah, which oh. is a, a word that means, is one of the names of God in mystical Judaism that refers mm. to the divine presence. Is that and, where the Shehekianu comes from? Uh, maybe partially, um, because that is like a prayer, a prayer of, like, of celebration joy. and joy. So I could I imagine that they ha- share some like entomology, but um, it's like uh, when Miriam like led the women across the sea that had parted, like dancing with her tambourine. She was like dancing to Shekhinah. It's like that kind oh, of wow. like liberation, joy, feminine, divine presence sort of thing. And I was um, I wanted to give a a talk I was set to speak at my college graduation and I was like I want to talk about Shekhinah because I feel like that vibe is here and then uh, when I was researching it like everything in Hebrew has a thousand different English translations right. transliterations and so I looked at one and I was like that's a, that looks like Shekhinah not Shekhinah and as like as soon as I said it I was like I had named myself oh. it was like Bing. yeah seriously that's amazing it is yeah. a joyous name I mean Thank it just you. sounds joyous yeah and I try to like you know bring that I love it. Yeah, thanks. Shakina, everyone was crushed when Difficult People ended. I know. Why did Why did Hulu cancel it? It was a hit show. It was a hit show. Um, here's my philosophy, and I have no, like, I don't know if this mm-hmm. is true or not, but this is just what I've chosen to believe, was that um, I blame The Handmaid's Tale, which means uh... ultimately I blame Trump. But um, <laughs> right. But because I think what happened in my mind was that The Handmaid's Tale was, like, so huge, mm-hmm. and it really changed the brand of Hulu it, from, like, sort of niche, quirky, fun shows that had their like little audience to like a global sensation and then they were like we want to put our money into global sensation shows and difficult people you know Mm. i have fans like from all over the world actually but it it was really niche i mean the humor was so kind of target margin so um yeah i just feel like that's i mean if you look at netflix they have like the crown yeah they have their prestige shows but then they Mm. also have like their fun quirky Totally. shows. There's room for everything. That's that's what's great about streaming. Yeah, I know. I I mean, maybe it was like a budgetary thing, you know, or maybe it was just because like some of the stars were getting too big and were on other shows and we couldn't like afford them or get them uh, in the same room at the same uh, time. But yeah, it's usually money. I mean, money is the reason mm-hmm. why things happen or don't happen in entertainment, unfortunately. Right. Well, it's certainly why I'm not famous. <laughs> I can't it, I can't I make know. money for anyone. I know. <laughs> Thank you, Derek. But um, when it ended, and I'm just going to throw this out into the cyber universe, Julie Klausner mentioned on some interview she was like maybe one day it'll become like a movie and I just dreamed of dream of dreams think of like difficult people like the police academy franchise that yes, maybe like yeah. every two years we could make a movie there'll be 13 of them yeah I just would love it so Julie if you're listening to this make let's make a movie come on Julie get off your movies. ass what did you love working on it was it just a great experience yeah it was terrifying actually that clip you played was my first day on oh, really? set really they, yeah and they'd already filmed that scene so everyone was just sort of we just were cutting in my moments waiting yeah and th- so they were just like it was like Cola Scola Julie Klausner Gabriel Sidibe Derek Baskin like sitting at a table just like looking at me waiting to deliver my lines <gasps> and I literally was like I had to make this entrance the edit is that I'm just sitting there but when we filmed it I like made the entrance each time mm-hmm. and I was like behind the door the kitchen door like literally in tears being like pull it together Shakina pull it together Shakina oh, and then like yeah. bursting through and like saying that you know but it was so much fun well, you, I mean none of that comes across you you come in on fire you yeah know, you I mean, come in like, like a bitch game. on wheels yeah so. yeah it was the, it was a blast and like every you know what was fun is i had these like zinger one-liners but if you listen to them they're like they have so many syllables like they're not typical one-liners then they got like like there was one joke where i was like um oh man i don't remember the full line but it had something to do with <clears throat> why oh like like the illuminati use um like intro 
fetal insemination to uh-huh. like, and no one's ever questioned why Tiffany Trump and the Freedom <clears throat> Tower have never been seen in the same place. And it like the line did not make any sense at all, and it just kept going and going and going. And and like Andrea Martin was like, "Take your time, dear. I never know what I'm saying either." Like it was just like <laughs> had no idea. Mm-hmm. That's so fun. Tell us your entire story. Leave, leave nothing out. Start at the dun, beginning. Dun, 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 dun. Uh, we, we have four hours. Yeah, so let's see. I grew up in Southern California, and I was like a radical gay teenager before there were radical gay teenagers. Mm-hmm. So it was like part of the queer youth movement. Mm-hmm. And um, and then I like discovered what transgender was when I got to college, and um, changed my name and became a like a performance artist. And then. Um, and then uh, discovered this dance form called Buto that's like very like yeah. transcendental and spiritual and aggressive and um, realized that like before I changed my body, I wanted to like change my soul or at least like confirm my soul. And mm-hmm. so I spent like a decade just trying to dance um, into the the female form that I wanted to to be in the world. Right. And then And then eventually I was like, all right, time to cut the dick off and um, had to like... Uh, crowdfund that and so I started this like uh, campaign I called kickstart her and I had just kind of moved to New York and um, it was like trying to start a career as a director hadn't been an actor forever and ever I'm sorry so how old were you when you decided to actually move ahead with with confirmation surgery I was 32 when I decided that I was going to start the crowdfunding um, and you'd been living as a woman since college? No, I so like basically I, ca- I came out like as trans in, in like the turn of the century and like was like presenting female as as much as possible without mm-hmm. like changing my body. But then I um, I had like, there was a couple things that happened. There was like, I had um, sort of a rape experience. I had mm. a um, 9-11 happened and then I found Butoh. And all those things together sort of made me like really question my priorities. Mm. And um, th- I had like a lot of fear and also a lot of sense that like the old models that we had have come to rely on were just no longer serving, but both me personally and then like as a as a country and as like a globe. And so I basically like I kind of retreated back into being a dude, but was still like focused on cultivating my feminist and feminine sense of self. Uh, but like I had a chin strap and I was like really like tough looking and I drove a truck. But like all my friends knew that like so I was identifying as a trans woman, but I like looked like I could beat you up. Sure. And all the guys wanted to fuck me and I was like, sorry, it's like false advertising. <laughs> Because I wasn't about to, like, you know, bring it. Like, I just, it, it was like, if... But you right. were you were having sex with men during this time. Um, yeah, on occasion. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but it, like, but once it would, like, tend toward relationship and, like, the truth of who I was would come out, it was like, you know, I was sort Did of... Did you feel like you were an imposter in a way? Like, totally. Like, they thought they were with a man, but you were a woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, like, really this weird situation. It was, like, I was, like, sort of too male for the straight men and two female for the gay men. And sure. Yeah, so I didn't really know where I fit. And Go ahead, Chris. Oh, I was going to say, but does that also play into, you know, you talk about these outdated modes of what it means, you know, to be, I think, to be queer, to be masculine totally. or feminine. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, the I was like, so I was like fully aware that these like systems could not hold. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also, it's like, I learned because I was out there on the front lines from a very young age in terms of like social disruption that you you can um, try to fuck with those old systems and, and break shit down. But if you are not also um, healing the way those systems have traumatized you, um, you're you're not actually going to achieve like progress in your own evolution. So you can like work toward 
you know, social evolution, social change. But um, if you don't address your own trauma and healing, then you're kind of stuck at whatever place you you sure. experience that trauma. And for me, as a as a trans person growing up in like the height of the AIDS epidemic, and like coming into my own sense of sexual self in, in the 80s and 90s, like the, my whole life was was trauma. What regardless of like you know, physical experiences like gay bashing or, or rape, just the actual existence of like being in a society that um, continuously sends you messages that you're not worthy of love, that like, that your identity equals death, you know, things like that, mm -hmm. so. Excuse me, a horrible noise just came out of me. That was awesome. That was like an that internal was a demon over Yeah, it was like a demon with the headphones on. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Shakina, that no, was no. disgusting no, and I rude. love it, I love bodily noises. I, uh, I fell in love with you uh, not just from difficult people, but also when I heard an interview you did with the LGBT Q&A podcast. Oh, yeah, that was so much fun. It was really like one of the best interviews I've ever heard because you, um, and I say this as a compliment, you have no boundaries. You yeah. have no, there's not, nothing's private. Like you put it out there. Yeah. And one of the things I heard you say on that show is that when you first had your surgery, everyone who came over to your house you showed them your vagina. Oh, totally. Like tours. Yeah. <laughs> Famous <laughs> people and strangers. Yeah. It was because it was like, well, we, it, first of all, like about 450 people like contributed to the fund to raise the money mm. for it. So I felt like it was, it was, you know, it was like, it was like sometimes you get stickers, sometimes you get you like t-shirts. Yeah, 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 exactly. So like the high level donors. No, I mean, <laughs> I just, I felt like, so here's my thing is it's all, I'm all about like demystification, mm -hmm. you know, because I just, I think that a lot of the fear that folks bring, uh, you know, to um, questions of, of trans identity and trans acceptance come from just not knowing. Mm -hmm. And especially in our like patriarchal society, like most, most destructive men are in some way propelled by a castration anxiety, you know, yes. and it's like, mm -hmm. so, so to be a person who's like, actually, I like was really enthusiastic about turning my genitals inside out. Um, doesn't make sense to people and terrifies them. And so mm -hmm. I was just like, yeah, I think it's important. Like, and you know, I talk about it and, and not everyone does. It's like, I think the transgender, like respectability politics are like, let's not make it about bodies. Let's not uh, right. focus on you're, surgery. Right. You're not supposed to ask. You're not supposed to tell. And I think your approach, I mean, I don't want to tell any trans person how to tell his or her story, but I think your approach is the right one. You know, we have Jay, my friend Jay is on the show all the time. He's a trans man. And Jay just says like, I have a vagina. Mm -hmm. He's like, I've always had a vagina. I like my vagina. I don't, they don't make good penises. Uh, and I think that that's helpful. Yeah. Well, to, I mean, to people in understanding not only who he is, but that it's not about what's between your legs. That's not what makes you totally your gender. Totally. Well, I, you know, I wouldn't say it's, it's the right one for me. And, and I think it's important that there are people like me and Jay out there who are willing to have those conversations. Mm -hmm. So cis people can have some more understanding, but I also absolutely honor and respect trans folks who just don't want that to be a part of the conversation. Sure. And I think, you know, cis folks do have to learn that it's, it's not okay for them to lead with those questions. But if trans folks like myself present themselves to say, now's the moment I'm here to answer your questions, then it's like, there's a vehicle for that. Right. Like, I yeah. think so. I'm I just, here. Here's my vagina. Yeah. Let's, let's go. Rock. Let's talk about it. Yeah. Like I just look at my family who are like well-intentioned liberal cisgender straight people, you know, they want to get it. They want right. to be accepting. And they just don't get it because their information isn't out there. And so they'll say like, oh, but your friend Jay is still a woman then because she has a vagina. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, and it, I just feel like if we were to talk about these things more, 
there are people who want to get it, right? But just don't. Well, I think we have to have a balanced conversation between, um, like the facts and and uh, experiences of physical bodies, and like all the things that transition entails, and just all the, the the multitude of forms that bodies can come in and go through. But also, we have to have on the other side of that conversation like a really thorough discussion of social construction and the way our thoughts yeah. and attitudes have been mm-hmm. shaped by like countless years of, you know, patriarchal oppression. And, right. and that's not just in gender, that's in like race and class and physical ability and all those things. So um, I think the comp- in order to have a comprehensive understanding of trans identity or any identity that's coming from a marginalized perspective, you have to be able to ask the sort of the obvious questions and you have to be willing to ask the less obvious, more complicated, mm-hmm. you know, questions about you know, political realities and social And to listen, too, right? I, totally. I feel like sometimes I have to remind myself, too, like, you just have to accept sometimes that if that is what the person says, then, then respect that answer, you know? And it's hard. It's hard to remember that, especially when you consider yourself a well-intentioned person to be like, oh, actually, I can just shut up yeah. <laughs> right now yeah. and listen. Yeah, you know? and it's also like a powerful thing to say is like whoa i don't understand that mm-hmm. and that's okay right like you don't have to sure. just so the understanding will come the right. more you listen pay attention keep yourself open so it's not like the first time mm-hmm. you know that you hear something you're going to be like i got it right. you know it it's an well. evolution i yeah. mean i feel like i understand more about trans people than i did six months ago sure and six months ago, I understood more than I did five years before. Like it's, it's the conversation is new, even though yeah. being trans is as old as time. The conversation is new for most people, and mm-hmm. so it's like we have to, we have to feel our way. Uh, Shakina, you have done three one-woman shows. Yeah. Yes. Including one called Manifest Pussy. Manifest Pussy. So the, the reality is that I did one show leading up to my uh, gender confirmation, which was called One Woman Show, and then I did another show after the year, on the year anniversary of my surgery called post-op and then manifest pussy is actually the fusion of those two shows. So mm. I've done three solo shows, but the third one is really like a mix of one and two. Kind so. of like false March of the falsetto. It's false ac- absolutely. Way. This is yeah, totally. <laughs> totally. Yeah. It, when, uh, when you do these kinds of shows, is it, how much of it is just pure art and how much of it is kind of therapy for you? You know, I think the writing of it, um, is therapeutic. And the performing, uh, like, honestly, I feel like Manifest Pussy is a ritual sacrifice every time I do it. There's like, because I go through all of it again and again. And so I, in a way, it's more like therapy for the audience. Like I've already done a lot of that processing in order to create the material, but then to subject myself to the journey mm-hmm. of it through monologue and spoken word and song, um, what it does, I feel like it creates a sort of church experience for the audience where they... I'm helping them have a cathartic experience by undergoing my own onstage before them. What happens in the show? Well, it's a story of my pilgrimage to Thailand to undertake gender confirmation and the sort of experiences and people that I, I met and went through going there. And then it's punctuated by these flashbacks to my formative experiences in sexuality and gender and spiritual identity. Hmm. So it's like a spiritual quest play. Um, and it sort of feels like you're going to be at like a cabaret or a rock show and then it becomes like incredibly theatrical as I become an elephant, for example, or like mm-hmm. sing about a gangbang or go through the surgery like on stage in, in spoken word and um, and ultimately um, find some sort of 
resolution that involves coming one step closer to like who I want to be in the world and inviting everyone else to take that step forward to being who they want to be in the world. As you're talking about it, I'm thinking about Hedwig. Totally. Do you love Hedwig? Do you hate Hedwig? How do we feel Hedwig about that? Hedwig was like super formative for me, but I'm now it's like, what's the new Hedwig? Right. You know, like, right. like I'm so grateful to that show for existing and it like saved my life in a, in a time. And, and now I feel like we look at it and it's not a trans story. It's, mm-hmm. it's like a gay story of genital mutilation. You know, um, Hedwig was like forced to have the surgery in order to escape communist Berlin. Right. And, um, so, and yet I feel like I came away from Hedwig feeling like Hedwig is non-binary. Sure, I think I think that's fair. Now that we have that language, you yeah. know, mm-hmm. um, but but also it's fictional, you know. Right. And my story is real, and like <laughs> yeah. and like and um, and I and I, I'm so inspired by Hedwig. I mean, there's certain like certain song moments in my show that are like you could almost equate them like to an homage. Yeah, like I have a song called "Falls Off" that's about. Um, a complication that happened with my surgery, which was that I, I lost the superficial part of my clitoris, mm. um, which was terrifying because I, I didn't realize, I thought that I was losing like my clitoris entirely. Mm. Um, and that- Which would mean like- Have no sexual Loss of sexual feeling. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and during, and that, so like if my whole, if you consider my whole surgery and like the pilgrimage to undertake gender confirmation as like a spiritual quest, it was like my loss of faith moment because I was like, oh my God, my God abandoned me and left me here clitless. And that song is like a really aggressive punk rock song that is like my answer to Angry Inch from Hedwig. And it was like literally the same kind of experience. Like the surgery didn't work, everything's fucked up. I hate the world and my body and God. And But it turned out to be I have great orgasms. Oh thank God. Yeah. Thank God. I wish I still did. (laughs) Shakina, we're gonna play uh, Ask Me No Questions in just a moment. But Nope, not yet. <laughs> JV was trigger happy. Sorry, I cockteached you with that. Um, Shakina, we talk about this on the show a lot. How do you feel? What's your position on uh, non-trans actors playing trans characters? Get the fuck out of the way. Don't do it. Yeah, just get the fuck mm-hmm. out of the way. We need money. We need jobs. We need to see each other on screen and stage. Yeah, get the fuck out of the way. How about straight actors playing gay? You know... It's complicated um, because in the same way that like we need the representation and so many gay actors are forced to play straight, you, like I would love to see a world in which like people just are themselves in in these jobs. Um, I also question how many of those quote straight actors playing gay might actually be not see, disclosing their identities see, in some way. Sure. That's my that was my point when we talked about this last time. It's like now you're basically forcing people to come out in order to justify their fitness for a role. Right. You don't, you shouldn't have to come out. You, you, your just uh, sexuality is private if you want it to be. Yeah. But then I kind of feel the same way about gender identity. So maybe like, are we outing people or are we saying like you either live as an out trans person or you cannot play this role? I mean, you've seen trans people on film that you didn't know were trans. Exactly. Sure. So, you know, it, like, yeah, I think that in this political moment where representation is so crucial because there are like laws and policy being passed to oppress us, there are trans women, especially trans women of color, being like killed constantly. Mm-hmm. Um, the, this political moment insists that we have accurate representation because it's a matter of life and death. But, and, and like, and I think that was true when like, gay theater started in the late 70s and early 80s and through the AIDS epidemic it was like so important that we had um, people coming out and and gay stories being told with gay people but like there's been a a massive assimilation of gayness especially like white male gayness and so I think there's like I mean yes 
everyone needs the jobs. All the actors need the jobs. So the there's like always going to be an economic reality to it, but the stakes of representation are less significant than they are for trans people. Right Absolutely. Now. I feel like that's such an important distinction to make personally as a performer, because there's times where I think like, well, part of acting or performing is becoming this other person, but the context that we live in, I, again, I absolutely agree, demands that the representation should be authentic. You know, it right. should be authentic voices. Uh, um, we, I'm sorry, we only have like three minutes. We have to play Ask Me No Questions. Yes. Me we'll no continue question. that conversation no next time. Yeah. All right, Shakina, name your favorite trans celebrity and your least favorite trans celebrity. Oh, shade. Um, okay, least favorite, Caitlyn Jenner. Obvious um, answer. Most favorite, uh, MJ Rodriguez. Oh, good answer. Genital piercing, pro or con? Uh Cock piercing, no clip piercing, sure. Interesting. I think I, I think I agree, Chris. You have a taint oh, pierce, right? I do, but I'm all about the dick. I really want a cock piercing. I just have seen so many like low hanging fruit. You know, like just like what that cock ring does to a dick over time is not cute. Oh yeah. And I don't know what to do with it in my mouth. It choke. It gets it's in just, the way. Yeah, the teeth chipping. It I don't seems want like it in exhausting. my I'm not, Yeah. But I'm all about a taint piercing. That seems cool. It's Thanks. like super center of gravity anchored. You know, yes, I love that. I feel very centered. You've had right one now. for years, right, Chris? I have. Yeah. Do you sometimes hang things from it? I no fruit Maybe like on Sukkot. <laughs> um, Shakina, what is your dream role? Oh, there's a few of them, but um, in this moment that you're asking me, I think um, Miss Hannigan and Annie or Audrey and Little Shop or yeah. both in red. <laughs> I can see you as both. I also think you'd make an interesting Lily St. Regis and Annie. Oh, sure. Maybe Lily now and then Miss Hannigan in like 10 years. They, exactly. You're way too young to be Miss Hannigan. Um, who's your celebrity crush? Oh, God, that's so hard. I always just, like, fall back on Mark Ruffalo because it's, like, an easy ass. It's, like, a, you know, there. Right. Yeah. You like sensitive men. I like sensitive men, yeah. Like, I was just watching some film um, with my boyfriend that Mark Ruffalo was in, and I just, like, every scene he was in, I was like, look at him. <laughs> my boyfriend was maybe getting jealous. I don't know. See, I like dumb slabs of beef like Channing Tatum. It's, that's more my I type. just, like, it's I like, wouldn't know what to do. I'd just be like, shut up. I would climb that tree. If you ran into Mike Pence at Starbucks later today, what would you say to him? Um, I would probably just trip and spill my coffee on him. <laughs> Scalding hot, preferably. Yeah, yeah. Greatest musical of all time? Carolina Change. Oh, my God. Oh, I love Carolina yes. Change. That's like one yeah. of my top five. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know that's back in London. I can't. I know, yes. And I want a Broadway revival because I didn't get to see it the first time. Yeah. I was just talking. Let me just pick up this name. I would drop um, yes. I was yes. just talking to Tanya Pinkins. And, <gasps> and she wrote to them and uh, she wrote to them and was like, hey, it, like I would love to like perform in London. And um, they didn't write back. Whoa. What? So, Big mistake. Who the hell are they? Huge. Fuck them. Um, what's the one food you'll never put in your mouth? Shrimp, I'm allergic. Ooh, Good oh answer. No. If you had to bang one of us, me, Chris, or JB, <laughs> who would you see choose? That wow, that's great. Um, how tall are all of you? 5'11. Five 5'11. Eleven. Five eleven. Oh, shit. Six foot. Ooh. Hey. Hi. Ah. <laughs> you like the tall guys. I like to feel dainty, and I'm 6'2. So, oh, yeah. I didn't even realize you were that tall. I'm giant. But I can I, never like... tell how tall actors are because you see them on screen, and it's like, who knows? Yeah. Um, with which historical figure do you most identify? <gasps> um,. Oh my god, are Christine there seconds left? Christine, yeah. Okay, okay. What's Public your next transition? How yeah. can we follow you? Uh, Shakin's S H A K E E N Z on all the ha all the things. You have to come back. Shakin's. I would love to You're come back. You're delightful. Yeah, I adore you, Chris Harder. You'll be back next week. I'll with be back us. next week. Uh, our guests will be Drew Lausch. Subscribe to Derek and Romaine at DerekandRomaine.com. Follow me, me on Twitter and Instagram at Adam Sank. Have a great week, bitches. Bye. Ciao, y'all. Bye. Bye.